Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round what is going on everybody we've got one game left here in week 14 probably a lot of people's fantasy uh lives hang in the bounce that it is we are into the playoffs it is one and done time so if you do not win today you are sitting at home like most of my team so that is uh, not the fun part about it. We'll discuss everything that happened yesterday and obviously probably talk a little bit more about the massive game that is going to be going on tonight, especially after what happened in last night's game. Matt, how you doing today on this beautiful Monday? Pretty good. I've got a few uh, matchups that are going to come up down to tonight. My my work league, I, I'm looking to pull the, the first round upset. I have a 28-point lead with Mark Andrews left to go. I know you're probably not a fan of – hearing that but against uh he has hunt and then the ravens defense and kicker so i'm feeling good but you never know i mean kareem hunt could have 95 points and kill me that is true yeah so i i know i talked about it last week so i made the playoffs in 15 of my leagues and i will be advancing in 13 for sure one of them I know for sure I'm knocked out of. I'm just, there's no way I'm going to make it. I have Chubb going tonight, but he's got to score me 80. I don't see that happening. The hey, other all one. he needs is 800 yards. That's true. That is true, he which just, I guess is, is technically possible. But I'm going like to like 400 yards and happen. 10 touchdowns, something like that. Uh, the other one seems possible, but I'm not counting on it. So I'm kind of assuming I'm out of it in that one. But I need 60 from Chubb, Hunt, and Dobbins. 
So I guess that one is technically possible, but I'm I'm assuming it's not going to happen. So I'm assuming I'm making it forward in 13 of them. I think my biggest one, which is really going to suck, because I was uh, talking, uh, Alfred had posted about it on Twitter, and I, I commented with him on the league that we uh, created in the program. Uh, our technically our championship for our side of the division is next week, and I won with like a massive score this week of like two thirty. I was the highest scoring team on our side of the league, which means I'm going to completely shit the bed next week and get and get bounced. I think, but we play our we're in the AFC together, so we play our AFC championship game next week, and then we play the winner of the other league, which is the NFC in week sixteen. So. Hoping that I can make it. That's probably my biggest money league going at the moment. It's the one I'm most excited about. But it's a good week in that one. We'll see what happens moving forward. All right. So let's kick it off with some of the games that we saw yesterday. The Bears won 36-7 at the Texans for Houston side. Watson, 16 points. Duke Johnson, 7. Kiki Kuti, 9. And Chad Hansen, 12. Uh, we saw a lot of talk today about Rome, from Romeo Cannell talking about how uh, they need to do a better job of protecting Watson. Now there's talk as well that they'll likely um, the Texans organization will sit down and talk with Watson on who the next head coach will be as well. So Watson getting a lot of respect there in yeah. Houston. Uh, do you think that they can be fixed here for us as in fantasy moving down the stretch? I mean, for this season, you're probably just playing Watson and that's it. I mean, Cooks came out injured. Johnson on COVID, don't know if he's going to come back, don't know if it even matters. Kuti and Hanson are okay, but not incredible. Their team just doesn't doesn't look great, and their defense has nothing. I would be more concerned. Like I don't know that this is any quick fix. They have no picks. We talked about before trying to get draft capital back. Their only great assets to potentially move are probably – Watt, I, you know, would have been a better asset probably to move it during this season than it would be in the off season, and or Watson, which they seem like they're not going to do. I, this, you know, unfortunately, if you're a Texan fan, thing, things can turn around quickly if you get at the right head coach. We saw with with the Browns, they didn't make incredible personnel changes, but they got a much better head coach and they were able to play better with the people they have. Some of these suspensions that they've had lately are going to linger into next season. I, I'd have some some concerns you know they splashed out a lot of money on a couple of contracts for offensive line and they don't seem to be getting a great return on investment it just feels like they're going to waste all of deshaun watson's prime with no real running game no real passing game no real defense no real chance yep yeah, I don't uh, – I'm with you. I don't see much of a change here. I mean, we got David Johnson went on COVID last week. I would almost imagine they probably just don't even bring him back. At this point, there's no point in bringing him back. By the time he, hasn't, he wasn't that much better than Duke Johnson the week he played. Yeah, yeah and I mean, Cooks – I'm with you. It's Watson at this point. I don't think you can trust anybody else, unfortunately, on this uh, the Texans offense, which which sucks. But it, I mean, at this point, it kind of is what it is. At least at least Watson is still producing for you, which I think is 
in all honesty, kind of magnificent, especially against the Chicago Bears defense, and still to get you six points with pretty much everyone around him beat up, not even getting a, a guy like who I thought might have a decent game here in Jordan Aikens involved and still was able to, to get you at least 16 points. On Chicago's side, we saw Trubisky with 24, David Montgomery 24, uh, Allen Robinson 27, and Jimmy Graham 12 in this one. Uh, what do you think the future of Trubisky and Robinson is in this Bears offense? I almost feel like this probably could be the last we see of them. At least we know that of Trubisky, I would say, but possibly the end of Robinson as well. Honestly, I'm curious because the last stretch uh, that he's played, Trubisky hasn't looked that bad. The Bears have actually worked themselves in a position where they're they're kind of in that no man's land for picking quarterbacks in the first round. I guess they could wait and take one and develop. You know, Mitch is is a free agent. I doubt he's going to command a huge salary. It's going to be like Mariota. Does he go somewhere where he's he's a backup? And obviously we saw that didn't work out. Marcus Mariota has been no factor in Las Vegas. Even Jameis Winston, no factor really uh, in New Orleans. Um, I don't know that somebody's taking a huge chance on Mitch. I don't think Foles is the answer. Uh, probably a bigger question, too, is Allen Robinson. You know, yeah. are they going to franchise tag him? Because if I'm Allen Robinson, it may not be about the money for me. I may, seeing as how I'm getting close, you know, your prime is only so long of being your prime. I may be looking to see what offers I can get from teams where I have a chance to contend. I don't know if that is Chicago. They're another one. I think a lot is going to depend, too, what happens with Ryan Pace, the GM, what happens with Matt Nagy, the head coach. You know, there have been a lot of voices clamoring for them to leave. We see flashes of what the offense could be and what these pieces can be. David Montgomery has been on an incredible tear, which begs the question we've all been asking, why haven't you been giving him the ball or letting him get involved or running the ball? You know, it seems like the play calls have improved a little bit as we've gone down or the execution has improved a little bit. Um, I'm going to be curious to see how they end up. It's not out of the realm of possibility. They finish eight and eight. And then what do you do with that? Yeah. Uh, the one thing I'll say on Montgomery and, and Nick Whalen posted this and I didn't realize, and I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest and transparent with everybody here. I did not watch a lot of football Sunday. I was kind of in those. Um, I'm sure everybody kind of gets it where, I got knocked out in so many leagues that I think mattered to me. I just kind of needed that breather. So it maybe was something to do with the Browns not being on as well, because I will tune into every Browns game regardless, even when they were at their 0-16 year a couple years ago. You still have that little glimmer of hope that, well, they'll get the one, so I'm going to tune in. Uh, but I, So I had Red Zone on, and I was I was watching the games, but for those of you who follow me on Twitter, so I was I – was, charting uh, no gains and loss runs on a bunch of the prospects coming into this draft uh, for the running backs. And so I was paying more attention to that. I I didn't watch a lot of football. Uh, So I was looking at just going back and and watching some of the highlights and going through games. And I don't know if Montgomery had quite the game we thought he did. He had the one run for 80 yards, the very first play of the game, which I did see that part. But then the rest of his runs, he only got 33 yards. So – I, and they only gave him 11 carries total, so. Yeah, but it's only 33 yards and 10 more carries, though. Like, that's. Not, I, I, don't, I, I don't think the 80-yard run was his first carry. It was. 
It was it was the first play of Chicago's first play of Chicago's drive because I was I was like one of the very I was actually paying close attention to the beginning of the games, and and he broke that off and was like, okay, well David Montgomery's gonna have himself a day today, and then which I get you right. They only did give him I guess technically ten more carries after that, throwing a whole bunch. Yeah, I think some yeah, of those carries actually were when they were just uh, milking the clock down at the end. But it's just I think. This year, I think Montgomery is going to help people win championships. We, you know, we've been talking about how he's been coming on the past couple of weeks. Has a huge game again today. He's got the plus matchup moving forward. I think he's got Vikings and some other really good matchup the next two weeks. So he's likely going to be a guy that wins you. I would almost see if I can sell on him in the offseason because three three yards a carry is not great after that against especially that Houston Texans defense where we were talking about like that's the matchup right there. Like he has a great matchup. So. All in all, I'm, I'm not sold on Montgomery, even though he did end up having the big day. I'm with you on Robinson. I, you know, I feel like we've been talking about it for years, especially this offseason, like how good he would be if he got a competent quarterback back there. He's only 26 years old, I believe, so he's still young and has plenty of time. I think he's still in his prime for the most part. If he ends up going to another team, I'd be worried. I don't know if Chicago would franchise tag him just because I think that'd be pr- – I don't know if it'd be that high, maybe eight, nine million dollars. The highest paid wide receivers I know are up there, like Julio and Beckham. They're only getting 13. So it's going to go based on the highest paid five, top five, right? That's how they do it. They average out the top five wide receivers for the franchise yeah, tag. I think so. So, I mean, it would be a significant cost for sure. Yeah. So I don't know if they franchise him. I, I'd be interested to see what he does because I'm. Very big on Robbins. I mean, we've seen how good he is with bad QBs. And it's just, again, he's only 26 years old, which is just insane to say because it feels like the dude's been in the league for 10 years. But he's only 26 years old. So, in my opinion, he's still in his prime. I'm not looking to sell wide receivers till they get to like that 30 32 area. So, if you can still get four more years out of Robinson if he goes to a good team. I'm all in on Robinson, but yeah, we all know I'm pretty sure, at least I would guess, Trubisky's not coming back. They pick up his fifth-year option. I don't see him re-signing him. So it'll be interesting to see what this whole Bears team does. You know, we'll we'll probably talk more about them come uh, Black Monday, which is obviously the Monday after Week 17, which is just coming up in two, three weeks, three weeks now, uh, where they yeah. release a bunch of head coaches, general managers, and everything. We'll see if Chicago's on that list and what happens with them. That being said, moving forward, at least for the rest of this year, you are you're riding pretty because Robinson since Trubisky has been put in at quarterback has just been phenomenal. So you're wanting to hope that Mitch Trubisky stays in there at quarterback uh, to keep Robinson rolling. Next up, you you definitely got uh, this one right. I did not think the Cowboys were going to be able to beat Cincinnati. They come in and beat them 32-7. Was not even a game. Dalton 15 points, Pollard 12, Zeke 7, and Amari Cooper 15. Uh, do you think we'll see more of Pollard as the season winds down? And if so, what does that mean for Zeke in the fantasy playoffs? I mean, it certainly seems like they've been trying to get Pollard more involved uh, the last few weeks. Um, I think it means Zeke is a tough play in the fantasy playoffs as he's been for a lot of the season. Um, we thought, I know, even though I told you I thought that the Cowboys would throw some with Andy Dalton that he'd want to have a good showing. I still thought they would run more. They just don't seem to be doing it. And the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is now in some kind of committee 
uh, in the committee where the other guy has some, you know, boom bust potential and, you know, he caught a touchdown yesterday, which is why his points go above. I think that's very worrisome. He probably drops from what a lot of people drafted as a solid RB one to, you know, an iffy flex option. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I in the one league that I had him that I made the playoffs, I did not start him. But then again, I had Swift, Taylor, and I mean, wasn't a better play, but I had Bernard as well. And I, I ended up starting Bernard yeah. over him. So I'm with you. I mean, chances are, especially if you're talking redraft or maybe even dynasty leagues, you may not have any better options just because a lot of people built their teams around Zeke being an RB1 the past couple of years, and he just hasn't been that. I think – What's going to be more interesting, and again, we're going to start obviously getting more toward playoff, not playoff, I'm sorry, offseason talk here soon. We're, we're, we're getting toward the end, obviously, of the fantasy football season is what we do with Zeke moving forward because at this point you can't mm-hmm. sell him for much. And, and I'm hoping that the only the biggest issue is they just don't have Dak back there, but I, I, I don't know how much you trust him going into the 2021 season at this point. Well, and you, I wouldn't be selling them now because it'd be selling low, you know, with a guy, whereas you were talking about Montgomery might be a sell high right now. Yeah. Um, you know, with looking at, he's had some good production here lately and we're not sure if that continues. Elliot has not had good production for more than half a season. So his value is probably lower than it's ever been. Uh, I, I'm actually, you know, as we've watched the season play out, thinking that, that you and Dennis were right at the beginning that the sell window for Ezekiel Elliott was before this season. Um, it seems like it's just come off. Is it the coaching and the scheme change? I find it hard to believe Dallas is going to move on from McCarthy. Probably the most hopeful news out of Dallas lately has been that Jerry Jones is considering firing himself as GM, which that might be yeah, we'll part of what needs to happen. Well, oh, I agree that it should happen. I don't think it will happen. Yeah, I, I said I do the most think, hopeful news, not yeah, incredibly hopeful news. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I do think the biggest issue is McCarthy. I mean, we, I think I was probably out of all of us the most negative on him, the higher there for him going to Dallas. And I just, going back and looking more and more at it, you really look at outside of one year of Eddie Lacy. Who was it else? There was another year of somebody. I'm on green. Probably that had like top 12 running back finishes after that. It was, they just don't do it. And I I just don't think he's a good head coach anymore. He was good. I'm not trying to say Mike McCarthy was never a good head coach. He was, I just think he's past his prime at this point. I, I, Hate to put it that way, but to watch the the little interview he did with uh, the NFL Network people is like, look, kids, I'm cool. I, I look at analytics, and then we see just the dumb decisions they make, and then they blame it on analytics. Like the punt, I think it was on Thanksgiving night. It was like a fourth and eight, and going for it on a punt gets completely blown up by Washington. Other just stupid play calls they've made, and they've said, well, that's what the analytics said at the time. Well, you know, it's funny that Baltimore doesn't do dumb shit like that, and they are very analytics-based. We see Cleveland doesn't do dumb shit like that, and they're very analytics-based. Same with San Francisco. I mean, you hear the rumors all the time that the Patriots have been very analytic-based for a very long time. They just don't talk about it. I don't see New England doing dumb shit like that. So I think it's more of a coaching problem uh, than it is anything else, but – 
the sad part about that is you're right. Me and Dennis did say it was time to sell Zeke. And guess who didn't sell Zeke anywhere? It was me. Yeah. Because I still yeah. kind of believed in him. And now I think it's going to come back and bite me in the ass. Well, it's just such a dramatic drop-off. Even like what you said, that he was putting up some good games earlier in the season. Yeah. I think there are a lot of questions about Dallas in the offseason that have to be solved. We've probably seen this offense not only get exposed because um, Dak Prescott is demonstrably better than Andy Dalton, no matter what we thought of that signing in the offseason, demonstrably better. Their offensive line was a pinnacle strength, and that has probably a lot to do with Ezekiel Elliott too. When, When you were behind that other, you know, that original Dallas line, they've had some injuries, retirements. Yep. Uh, and things like that. It's not fundamentally the same. And without, I think Prescott's multidimensional in a way that Dalton isn't. So probably fundamentally changes how defenses approach them too. And certain, you know, and what they're sending in terms of people coming in and just committing to the run. Just, you're not really worried about Andy Dalton running away from you for a touchdown. Yeah. On uh, Dalton's old team here, the Cincinnati Bengals, Bernard three points, Boyd nine, Higgins nine, and A.J. Green 18. Not much to say here. Unfortunately, if you um, if you rolled the dice with Bernard like I did, I think uh, he had the fumble on his first carry. I felt like they yanked him. Travion huh. Williams from Texas A&M goes in there. Fumbled, gets yanked. So did Samaje P. Ryan later in the game. So then they put Giovanni Bernard in. So, I mean, it sucks. I rolled I'm actually, I'm I'm kind of at the point where I'm probably not playing any Bengals in the playoffs. You're going to have someone in this game. It was Whack-A-Mole AJ Green that gives you a good game. Otherwise, you know, it's kind of low end flex. I mean, if you're just looking to guarantee yourself, you know, seven to ten points, I think Boyd and Higgins have still been able to maintain at least that kind of level of value in PPR, but. For the playoffs, we lost all of our high end when Burrow went out. Yeah, it's it sucks. I mean, like again, I, I think I said the only one I'd feel good about playing was Higgins because of him being a red zone threat. I mean, he still gets you nine points, and chances are you're playing him as a flex or wide receiver three. But I mean, that's not at this point. You might even be able to find somebody better just with the way some people have been stepping up. So yeah, I'm with you. Unfortunately, I think it's time to just fade, especially because I think they'd get Baltimore in Week 16. Um, yeah. so I'm definitely, I, I know I, is it next week? I'm pretty sure they next play Baltimore week 16. Yeah. Here I'll look maybe they up. play in 17. It may be well, 17. They play Baltimore. It, I, to me with Brandon Allen, it almost doesn't even really matter. Uh, they get the Steelers next week and then, <sighs> then they're at the Texans, which potentially, I mean, just it's off the yeah. best. That's probably the the game you feel the best about, and then it's the Ravens. So yeah. not a, but I mean the Cowboys came in with the worst defense in professional football and essentially rolled them. That that would give me a moment yeah. of pause. All right, Chiefs beat the Dolphins in what was a very entertaining game. This was one of the games I was actually paying attention to as much as I could in 33-27. Mahomes, 18 points in this one, CEH, 14. Tyree Kill, 26. Travis Kelsey, 27. The Chiefs win, and obviously with the Pittsburgh Steelers loss later in the night, uh, give them the lead as the top seed in the AFC. Do you expect them to hold it over the next three weeks? I do. I think that we've seen, you know – 
Kelsey's on a tear. He's leading the entire NFL in receiving yards. Um, Hill is on an incredible role. Um, CEH is what he is. Gave you a decent floor yesterday. And, I mean, Mahomes probably played his worst game of the year, and they still won on the road against a playoff, potentially playoff team in Miami. Yeah, I would think so too. I don't think they the the biggest I think threat to them now is obviously going to be Pittsburgh, and and they didn't look great against Buffalo either. I'm starting to wonder if maybe we're just starting to see chinks in their armor compared to we kept thinking it was a, it was them kind of getting screwed by the schedule. Well, they've had a little bit of time now uh, to kind of get back going. They're just not. It looks like Deontay Johnson's got the yips. He just yeah. he can't seem to hold on to a ball. I'm, I'm well, not I'm mad at, at it, but the so the. The Chiefs have at the Saints, which isn't the easiest game, but I, you know, given what we've seen and they're not expecting Breeze back, I think they have a good chance there. And then you're home for the Falcons, home for the Chargers. Those should be, yeah, you know, fairly easy wins. Yeah, nothing's nothing's a lead pipe block, but that yeah. feels better. Pittsburgh's got Cincinnati, and then they've they've got uh, Cleveland somewhere in there. At That's the end, why, they you know, play each I other think in Week 17. If Cleveland can get a win tonight, tonight. which I, I think you and I both picked them, both think they will, they potentially are are one game out. You know, if you can keep track in that way, that's a huge, huge matchup inside the division. You know, I think that's where the pressure for Pittsburgh starts to turn. Yep, yeah. I mean, I, that's what I was saying. I'm, I'm not going to complain about it because if Pittsburgh loses one – which they play another good team. I don't remember who it is because I was, I was looking yeah, at the I'll schedule and I was like, they play Cincy, which I don't think is going to be a loss. So they win well, the, that one. The other thing I thought was interesting when I was listening to PTI, they said Pittsburgh uh, had the lowest um, point differential of any 11-0 team in NFL history. So they're at Cincy, home for the Colts at the Browns. Colts. So those last two, you know, because Indy's in another position where – they they're in position to make the playoffs, but they gotta keep winning all these games. There's gonna be kind of that tight muddled pack, I think. When I think the Colts do the same thing, they're they're I would say they mirror Pittsburgh very well in that they have really good defense and that's what keeps them in the game. And they've got a couple explosive weapons. The one difference I would say is the Colts offensive line is better than Pittsburgh's and they've got a better running back right now than Pittsburgh. So if they can figure out a way to beat them, then yeah, again, Cleveland would have to win out and they have tough games. In my opinion, obviously tonight against Baltimore, then they get the giants, which I, even though they kind of looked really bad this week and I still think are a decent team uh, jets. I hate to say it, but I feel like is, it should be a win. The Browns the should trap. win that game. Yeah. It's a tra- It's another trap game, which, Hey, the one thing I'll give Stefanski is they won that game against Jacksonville earlier this year, which I said was a trap game. It was close, but they ended up pulling out the win. If they pull that out, then they go into Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh loses against Indianapolis, and it's a play, it's a game for the division right there, and that that would be massive, not just for the NFL, but for Browns fans. I think Pittsburgh as well, because I kind of feel like Pittsburgh really has been the class of that division for a long time. We've seen Baltimore up there really good a couple of years. Obviously, last year they were as well. Uh, they've been kind of up and down with Flacco, really good years, kind of mediocre years getting into the playoffs. So I, I think it'd be fun to see. Uh, on Miami's side here, Tua, 27 points. Lynn Bowden Jr., 15, and Mike Kosicki, 23 as well. I'm sorry, Mike Kosicki with 23. With the injuries to Bowden, uh, he's come on. What is his future? Do you think he's a good buy in Dynasty? I think he is an interesting buy in dynasty. You can get him almost almost free now. I saw a lot of people kind of cutting him, 
cut them free. There was some intrigue in the offseason uh, when he was drafted by the Raiders, and then he kind of got traded and seemed like he had no role and couldn't see the field in Miami, weren't sure what he was going to do. But now here later in the season, he's had a couple of, of sneaky good games. They're, you know, A lot of their top-end players have been eradicated. They needed guys to step up, um, but I think it shows you there's some potential there. He's still got that kind of running back, wide receiver, could be one, could be the other kind of weapon X um, potential. And I think Miami needs some more offensive weapons, so I was encouraged. I wouldn't spend a lot, but if you see him on the on the wire, that's a guy this time of year, especially if you're not in the playoffs, start start stashing prospects. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. My my biggest fear with Bowden, obviously, um it'll be interesting to see what he does down the down the stretch here with Miami. But with all the picks that they have from the trades that they've made before becoming good this year, I wouldn't be surprised if they go heavy in on wide receiver, and that will kind of kill a lot of his value for me. But I'm with you. He's a guy that you would probably, I would think, be able to be able to buy for like a third-round pick. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing uh, – see, I don't know. I really should think a third-round pick. I'm more looking like fourth-round or letting or getting them off the wire. That's more. This, yeah. to me, is more of a – you know, you get to the middle of some of these seasons and you're really trying to compete, and no matter how you feel about some of these downline prospects, there comes a time where you have to you have to release them, especially this with COVID and all the injuries, yeah. where people have, have set some of these guys free because they just don't have the space. This is the time of year where you see you start seeing those guys starting to get into games, and it's worth circling back and thinking about whether that's somebody you want to stash. I have him held in a couple of leagues. I was encouraged by that. I don't, you know, it's not amazing by any stretch of the imagination. Parker went out, Preston Williams is on IR. Um, You know, they, they really didn't have much in the way of wide receivers. He caught seven for 82. I thought that was encouraging. Just the fact he's worked his way in there and gotten usage. It's the same way we felt a couple of weeks ago talking about Malcolm Perry. Uh, you know, but Perry doesn't seem like he's been able to consistently get in there and stay healthy and have a role. I'm more interested that Bowden seems like he's kind of risen up. So that'll be in it. Miami has a brutal last three. They are home for the Patriots, then at the Raiders, at the Bills, um, for a team that's trying to compete for the playoffs. So you're going to get a good sense of, you know, I think a coach like Flores is looking at who's scrappy, who's fighting, who wants to be part of this winning culture and winning team. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Oh, never mind. we already kind of talked about Miami there. Um, so Cardinals beat the Giants here 26-2-7. Murray 18 points, Drake 16, DeAndre Hopkins 22, Dan Arnold 10. Um, I actually ranked Dan Arnold this week because I thought I might be able to do something. He's had a good, good couple weeks. Uh, are we starting to believe in him as being a startable tight end? Yeah, it. you know, you and I have talked about a couple of weeks. I've said they, they need other targets to go to. And um, we thought, you know, is Christian Kirk going to step up? Is Larry Fitzgerald going to step up? Is it Chase Edmonds? No, it's, hey, Arnold, it's Dan Arnold. You know, he's gotten touchdowns the last couple of weeks. They look for him. He's gotten a few touchdowns. Um, you know, I was laughing a few weeks ago when I was watching the Arizona broadcast. I think it was on Monday night, and they were talking about Dan Arnold being a weapon that they like, you know, this passing weapon. I'm like, are you kidding? A tight end in Arizona? But no, it seems like he is a guy they like, and they're getting him the ball, and they're having success there. And for that position, you could do a lot worse. 
Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm actually kind of with you as much as I was making fun and not knowing he was even on the roster earlier in the year. He's been coming on. And I mean, we've seen Hopkins has been decent, not great. Just kind of something we talked about the past couple of weeks as well. And that he's been having a lot of really tough matchups. I mean, he had a, what did he have? 22 points. So he had a good game this week, which against Darby, which is actually kind of impressive. I think I only had him at like wide receiver eight or nine this week. So I didn't think he was going to have a massive game here, but they need someone to pop up and, and he's been doing it. And especially at a weekend tight end position, if you can get him and throw him in, yeah. He could end up possibly winning in your league. The two that seem to be consistently stepping up of late is him and Drake. Yeah. So it's been kind of interesting. But, you know, it might be enough. I, I was impressed that they came out and not just won on the road, but looked that dominant. Yeah, and they needed him. And they need him, too, especially yeah, if they want to try to make the playoffs right now. Is there what? They're mm-hmm. one spot up on Minnesota and Chicago yep. now with the win. So, yeah, they, they've got to they've got to keep rolling. Uh, for the Giants here, they obviously – it's a massive loss for them right now. Uh, Jones just three points. Wayne Goldman, 10. Uh, they fall back, although still technically in it. But they are now a game, by, game or two games behind Washington. So they're one game behind Washington, but they have the tiebreaker there. Philadelphia, which we'll get to one, is now a half game behind them. And actually looks like they may be getting their shit together. For the Giants, they looked awful yesterday against a offense and defense that had been struggling in Arizona at home. And now they get Cleveland and Baltimore in consecutive weeks. I think that's where it gives me a moment of pause about, uh, about the Giants. You know, they had a nice little run. They got a little frisky there. Um, but it's I, if I, I based on what we've seen, I find it tough to imagine them winning either of the next two weeks, and then what's your five and nine? Yeah, or five and ten at that point in time because they're five and eight now. That feels like they kind of slid away because it does look like the winner in the East is going to be in at the in the six to eight win range. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a massive, I think they actually play this week, them and the Browns, and the Browns need that one really bad as yeah. well. So that's going to be, I think, if they lose that one, they're, they're out. So that'll be a massive game for both sides there. Well, it's just been interesting, too, because, you know, Washington, you know, Washington has Seahawks, and then they have the Panthers and then the Eagles, and they got beat up too, whereas this time last week it looked like both the Giants and Washington were surging. Giants lose and face a couple of tough games. Washington wins but got beat up, and we don't know how, you know, I think all of us are a lot less optimistic about a Washington playoff run with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Well, I saw this morning they were saying that the X-rays came back negative, so hoping that it's not a bad thing. I mean – the one thing I'll say is if they can get Haskins to just not turn the ball over, that defense is good enough that they if they could just, you know, get him to just play small ball to go use a baseball term for a couple of games until they can get Alex Smith back. But yeah, it's uh I'm rooting for him, man. I said I wanted to see him get in and they're 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 figuring out a way to pull off wins right now. So I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, next up, Buckners beat the Vikings 26-14. Cousins, 17 points. Cook, 19. Thielen, 6. Jefferson, 9. And Herb Smith, 16. 
tough loss for Minnesota. Both of their tight ends outproduced their wide receivers combined. It was a, a very weird game here. Uh, do you think that they have a chance to get back into the playoff race? So they're home to Chicago next week, then at the Saints. To me, that's a pair of tough games. I know they beat Chicago earlier this season, but um, Chicago's not an easy out. And Minnesota just, to me, they lack consistency. We talked about they, it was impressive they had come back to 6-6 six and six and had kind of gotten back into that race. But a couple of really close games against teams they should have put away probably a little easier. They fell back to earth. Um, yesterday i think when with the offense they have they're not they're never out of it um but right arizona feels like it has a little bit of an easier path and now it's a game game up again and chicago like we talked about same record as minnesota actually has the same to play for so next week i think whoever loses that game is probably knocked out yeah yeah this next I think this next week, anybody that they lose is going to it, it pretty much it's going to come down to, I would think, because how many teams are really still left in it? Is it just three now or four? With, with, uh, so Tampa Bay's at eight and five. Arizona has that last spot right now, right? And they're the Arizona game up does. on Minnesota and, and Chicago. Minnesota and Chicago are six and seven. The 49ers kind of now they're five and eight. I'd say they yeah, they faded back now. too hard. The other teams that they talk about being in the hunt are all the NFC East. Um, you know, technically Eagles yeah, not dead, as we'll talk about Giants and Washington. Um, they're really fighting well, for that one seed. So I think the final wild card is really a to me is really a three team. Arizona, Minnesota, Chicago, which is why Chicago and Minnesota, both six and seven, play each other next week. Whoever loses drops to six and eight. I don't think eight and eight gets in as a wild card. I think well, you so have to have at least nine and seven. That's what I was going to say. I wonder if maybe the last team that gets could be eight and eight because what well, I mean, you've got so Arizona's so sitting at seven and six. If they lose two, and I'm pretty sure they play San Francisco one more time. So I know it's they crazy. Are- Go ahead. So Arizona, home to the Eagles, home for the 49ers at the Rams. So actually, no, you're right. No, no incredibly easy games. Let's look at Chicago. Chicago actually has an easier Chicago schedule. at the Vikings. If so, if they won that game, they get back to seven and seven. Then at the Jaguars, home for the Packers. So that Packers one could be huge. And the Packers might still be playing for that number one seed. So they, they likely are not sitting anybody. But you're right. Yeah, I so mean, you could see Arizona losing two and, and getting to eight. If uh, so, you could. And if San Francisco wins eight. that one, that's, yeah, like they, I think the last spot, there's no way two eight and eight teams get in, but that last spot really could come down. So I guess we can't say San Francisco's technically out of it, but I think they're the furthest one. You've got, it's going to come down to, Arizona, yeah, whoever whoever wins that game between Minnesota and Chicago and Arizona is where that really that last race so, is going to come down to. Tampa Bay, you're right, probably feels sad because they're at the Falcons, at the Lions, home for the Falcons are their last three, and they're eight and five now. I don't really imagine them losing uh, three, two, yeah. two of those. Well, I don't know if they lose one of those, but I certainly don't think they lose two of them. Two, yeah. Uh, speaking of Tampa Bay, Brady, 15 points. Ronald Jones, 15. Mike Evans, 8. 
Chris Godwin, four, Antonio Brown, nine, Scotty Miller, 11, and Gronk, seven. Fournette was a healthy scratch. Is this good news for Rojo? And are you worried about starting these receivers in your fantasy playoffs? Is that for this week? I would assume not because Evan Ingram – well, no, they both already played. You're talking about going forward? I'm probably going with Tanyan. Uh, He just seemed to have been – he he seems to be the second option behind uh, Adams. Giants offense has not been robust. Yeah. Um, So I think it's great news for Rojo because they decided that they would rather have LaShawn McCoy and freaking Keyshawn Vaughn and Kenjin Barner. Uh, active than Leonard Fournette. Uh, that feels like the Leonard Fournette is our third down beast uh, experiment is over. You have to feel even better about Rojo taking that position, seeing that they've got Falcons, Lions, Falcons in the next three weeks. I think that's great. Wide receiver, I don't think you can stop playing those guys, especially with a, a licking your chops uh, schedule down the stretch here. But boy, you know, the thing, Tampa Bay actually surprisingly is no longer really out of it in their division because the Saints uh, came back, you know, they're 10 and 3, so they're two up, but they have the Chiefs this week, which, you know, I, I'm going to say I, I'm leaning toward the Chiefs right now. I haven't made my picks, but that feels like so you could be talking about a one game spread uh, with two games left and. The, the Buccaneers have a very winnable schedule, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm sure they're both going to be stepping on it. I don't think you can not play those receivers, but as we saw yesterday, I mean, the one great deep ball pass ends up being Scotty Miller. You know, we were talking about, should we play Brown? It's going to be Godwin. It's going to be Evans. It could be Scotty Miller. It could be freaking Tyler yeah. Johnson for all we know. Gronk catches the touchdown, does nothing else, but catches the touchdown. Ronald Jones is out there running. They have an embarrassment of riches, and I don't know how many of them can put up massive points every week. So when you see Falcons, Lions, Falcons, you're starting all those guys because they have potential, but somebody's going to get burned. Yeah, as, as much as I hate, I hate to say this, I feel like Evans is the safest for me, just with the way he gets targeted by the end zone. And, and I don't like saying that because – I don't think Evans is that good anymore, but I, I think for me, he's the safest out of all those outside of Rojo. I, I think Rojo is, is, I mean, he's been set in your lineup for a while now, but uh, the wide receiver wise, I'm, I'm leaning Evans over everybody else. Titans beat the Jaguars 31 to 10 Tannehill, 16 points, Derrick Henry, 36 and AJ Brown, 24. Derrick Henry is amazing. We talked about this Friday. We thought they were going to lean heavily on him. Uh, I would say you two were right, though, in in our talk Friday. You and Dennis were both talking about A.J. Brown being the guy. I thought it was going to be a Corey Davis game. Corey Davis does nothing. A.J. Brown has uh, has the big game here. But Tennessee's offense, just they, they look good. They're going to be a tough team to, to beat in the playoffs. And, of course, Derrick Henry seems to be on that November-December run again to win people their, uh, their fantasy championships. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Uh, Brown, Henry, Tannehill, probably Tannehill in a in two QB super flex, yeah. which is really predominant. Um, although to me, he's a borderline QB one with what we've seen. Those guys are starts every week. Davis isn't a bad flex option. Uh, it seems like Johnny Smith on the tight end position has sort of fallen off. I, I'm not taking yeah. a chance. Like we talked about, I'd almost rather roll. Uh, hey, Dan Arnold. Come on down. I'd, yeah. He seems to be in a TD groove right now. So, On Jacksonville side, uh, Glennon was horrible and gets pulled. Uh, he had two points at that point. Minshew comes in, 
13 points, James Robinson, 12, Keelan Cole, 19, LaVisca Chenault, 11, with Minshew back starting. Uh, how are you feeling about DJ Chark? Seems to be the forgotten man in Jacksonville. Yeah, even forgotten by Minshew when he came off the bench. I think it's not super encouraging that Shark was the the fourth or fifth best scoring receiver on their team. Um, he got targeted a bunch. He just same as before when Minshew went down. They just weren't. They couldn't connect. I just don't. I don't think there's a Jaguars receiver I feel comfortable playing right now uh, with my playoff season on the line. Yep, it's a Robinson for me. That's literally it. He's the only player I feel comfortable starting on that offense. I, I as someone who was probably, because I, I'm pretty sure I was higher on Chark than Dennis. Yeah. I know you were lower than both of us. I was very high on Chark coming into this year. Uh, I've benched him for a while now. He has not made my starting lineup. I, I was putting in Michael Pittman over him for a while, even before Pittman really had his blow up. Like, yeah, Chark, you can't play him. You cannot play also, him anymore. Philip Rivers, what the fuck, man? Throw the ball to Michael Pittman. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to them in a minute. Trust me, I'm gonna have a nice little thing to say about the Colts because I hate them with a passion. The Broncos. We can't take your team. Yes, I love Tony. Yes, and I'm glad that your Colts are doing good and and making you happy, and they're gonna make the playoffs. And I just hope that they don't play the Browns again. But it's it's great. I'm happy for you. Fuck the Colts. That's that's my opinion on them right now. The Broncos beat the Panthers 32-27. Lock 25 points. Melvin Gordon at 12. KJ Hamler with 22. Tim Patrick 12. And the former Buckeye Nick Vanette with 12 points in this one as well. Huge day for Hamler. What are you expecting from him the rest of the season? Yeah, see, this is, you know, I think I think they're developing. You know, he's getting healthy and, and they're developing a connection. This also long term is why I told you I was a little more hesitant on Tim Patrick than you because Cortland Sutton's coming back, and yeah. when Sutton's in there, Locke and Sutton have a big connection. Sutton has done well with every quarterback we've put in there, including uh, Mister I've Crushed Cincinnati's Hopes and Dreams, Brandon Allen, uh, and they invested a lot in Jerry Judy. Judy has so far seemed to have the least kind of connection with Locke. I don't know. If Locke stays next year, if they make a change next year, I know a lot of people said he's for sure gone. I'm I'm less uh, less for sure because you see flashes like this. If if they have a strong ending to the season, I could see them trying to wind it back with having people come back healthy with actually getting the offensive line that they drew up. But that's what makes me a little bit nervous about these prospects because now you're talking about three or four receivers there next year who who emerges who gets consistent targets or is it a nightmare situation where you have a middling volume offense and four potential targets one or two of whom are good every week yeah yeah i think i mean because hamler only caught two passes it happened to be for 83 yards and two touchdowns yeah that's not exactly the volume where like fire them up well, and that, that's what I was going to say. I mean, obviously, we didn't get a chance to see Hamler last year. He, he's a rookie, but or Judy, really. But we've seen, just from my opinion, um, and I know Locke, what, Locke only started six games last year? Five at the end five? of the season. Yeah. 
it just seems like they've always only been able to support with, again, Flacco, Brandon Allen. I'm not going to say much yeah. about them, but even when Locke was in, there was really just the one player. I mean, Fan had his games mixed in there as well, and I know he was sick. He hurt a lot of people, obviously, with that uh, that game as and, well. Uh, it, that's going to be honestly something to watch too because I don't know if you heard they pulled him and somebody else after the game started and have them isolated now pending a COVID test, didn't let them fly back with the team. And I was like, and then today, Brandon McManus, the kicker just posted, he was going to get placed into the COVID IR. Denver plays on Saturday. I was like, this is the reverse Des Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is uh, not good. It's going to be, I hope nothing happens. Cause I was looking at that today and like, not yeah. to, uh, I, I love my mother-in-law, um, but she was supposed to be coming in this weekend to spend time with us and the kids for Christmas. Doesn't look like she's going to be able to come in now. And I was looking at the schedule and being like, championship games all day, college football, two NFL games. Let's go, baby. I was ex- I'm excited about this weekend. So I hope that they're able to play. But back to the point I was going to make was I- I'm going to be interested to see, first off, what they do with Locke. I just feel like every year, once we get to the point of Locke needs to go, all of a sudden he starts playing really good and starts making you wonder, maybe he can be the QB of this team. And I wonder what they're going to do with him, this offense, because I kind of feel like, regardless of what they do with any of these guys moving forward, even Jerry Judy, who, again, I think I had as my, he was, he was my three uh, coming out this year. I had uh, C.D. Lamb and Jalen Rager over him coming into the draft. I kind of feel like when Sutton comes back healthy, even if it's Locke or some, if it's someone else, maybe that changes. But Locke, I kind of feel like it's going to be Sutton and Fant for me every week, and that's really it that I trust starting in my lineups. Yeah, even Fant, um, you know, we've seen be really uneven. Uh, they yeah. until they can more consistently develop volume, it's going to be hard. To, you know, I think. They said yesterday at the beginning of the broadcast, Denver's the lowest scoring team in the NFL or second lowest scoring team in the NFL was something that I I heard but also, also tried to ignore so that I could have, summon the will to watch the rest of the game, which actually turned out pretty good. But, you yeah. know, the, I'll be curious. They have much bigger tests playing Buffalo this week. Um, you know, can it's consistency and not turning the ball over. I... I know people on the outside are really ready to just to say that the lock's not the guy and they're moving on. And I have not, I've been disappointed with a lot of what I've seen this season, but I'm not sure organizationally they're ready to just pull it off. And yeah. if Denver ends up seven and nine or eight and eight again, you're talking about being in the middle of the round. You know, maybe they take a, one of those quarterbacks you're talking about in a second or a third round and have them compete. You know, that's not out of the realm of possibility. They're, you know, it's been depressing since since Manning left. The, their, their offense has been almost unwatchable for five years. And every time they, they have some excellent skill players, but it just not made a big enough difference. Uh, but I'm with you. It seems like every time we're about ready to say, well, it's over. They get hot, and yeah. you know I could see them finishing <laughs> seven and nine or eight and eight, and winding it up again. Yep. Uh, on Carolina's side here, Teddy Bridgewater twenty points, Mike Davis twenty six, 
Robbie Anderson, 17, and Curtis Samuel, 16. Davis was solid again. I kind of feel like with the way he's been performing, Carolina out of it, we have we will not see CMC again in 2020. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think it, CMC really wanted to get back to play uh, against Denver because that was the team. His father, Ed, was one of our uh, big-time yeah. wide receivers, and he grew up kind of in that area. I know that they were talking about he, he wanted to be able to play in that game and wasn't it well enough to do it. I don't know with a couple of games left, whether he tried to truck him out there and just pack, pack in a chance for another injury, especially since he's had shoulder, he's had leg might be a, a yeah. lost season. Kind of the same thing we said about Mixon. Yeah. I kind of feel like at this point, it's easy to say, you know, I look at it. Most things from a fantasy perspective, and obviously you have a ton of uh, time in the off season to get healthy, but this point he struggled with injuries all year long. Like just, I, I would think it'd be better just as much as I'm sure he just wants to do that. Uh, he's a com- fierce competitor. He wants to be out there playing like you just mentioned, but at this point it might be better for him. Just be like, look, dude, not just was it a lost season for us kind of feels like it was a lost season for you. Let's just sit it down. Take, take it easy. The rest of your come back next year. All right. My favorite team in the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts beat the Raiders 44 to 27. Jonathan Taylor. Who is this kid? Who? I mean, where has this guy been? Uh, is I'm undrafted? Undrafted? Yeah. Have you heard of him? I, I didn't know who this NFL. kid was. I think so. They, they just picked him up off the trash heap. 30 points. Fucking bullshit, Frank Reich. My God. All year long. You know what? You know the one thing I will say about that, though? Guess where he sits right now in PPR formats? 12. Running back 11, baby. So if he keeps it up, I'm going to end up getting my prediction right. So at least that makes me feel good. Said he was going to be a top 12 running back. Here he comes to hopefully finish out. If you were able to make the playoffs with him, I mean, they've got I did. great that, matchups coming that forward. That 28-point lead that I have, uh, my running backs that I started were Jonathan Taylor and Mike Davis. There you go. Yeah, I mean, he's got some really good matchups. I know the Steelers one is the toughest, which I think we talked about earlier, is week 16. Yeah, so that, that's going to be a league. tough one. But next week, I can't remember who. They've got a really good matchup again. So he's... Could they've had good matchups. It's not the matchups. It's, I know. Will the coach actually give him the ball? And fortunately, the last few weeks we've seen, I don't know, a change of heart. Maybe uh, Frank Reich got over Jonathan Taylor sleeping with his wife in the offseason and Probably. decided that, that he wanted to win games or something because ridiculous. It's, it's well, finally out. I was looking more at it, and I think I finally realized what the biggest issue was. And it wasn't Hines. Like, I felt like we were always blaming Hines, right? Like, it's like, why are they playing Naheem Hines? And Naheem Hines is a good player. Like, I like Naheem Hines coming out. He's not Jonathan Taylor. He's still a good player. It was Jordan Wilkins. And they've stopped giving Wilkins carries, and they've started giving those carries they were giving to Wilkins to Jonathan Taylor. And now we've seen him kind of coming on. So, I don't know. Uh, Maybe, maybe. Wilkins slept with Reich's daughter, and now he's in the doghouse. So it's kind of like I don't, I don't mean to make jokes, but it's so frustrating uh, because Jonathan Taylor, we've seen, has all this talent. Why now they finally just started to give him the ball? I have no idea. But again, if you made well, it, it's a fantasy playoff for choice because he's going to be two. Uh, two Colts have come back from the dead because the other one that, of course, yeah, just looks like like Andrew Luck's been reincarnated is T.Y. Hilton who, you know, we were talking about, can he keep it up? Two more touchdowns. I think he's back in a place where if you've got him, you pretty much are going to have to play him. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's the guy. Well, we talked about it on Friday's show, and I think we all went Hilton over Pittman and the fact that we yeah. thought Rivers can support one guy, and it just seems like him and Hilton are now getting that connection. It's yeah, going to be Hilton it's, forward. It's crushed all the value. You know, early in the season, it seemed like it was tight ends. You know, Trey yeah. Burton seemed to be in a group. Tight, you know, their tight ends have been unusable now, too. It's it's so weird. But, you know, I guess if if we can lock on and know it's Jonathan Taylor, and then you just know it's going to be a receiver right now. It seems like it's T.Y. Hilton, unfortunately. I like Michael Pittman. He had a couple of great flashes catch in 2021. Yeah. And, I mean, one thing I'll say about uh, Hilton – I know a lot of leagues that saw redraft-wise, he was dropped in. So if you can pick him up, he may have already got picked up because of the performance he had the week prior. Check but his ownership percentage. I would, I would try and get him because I think him and him and Taylor together right there, especially with again we mentioned earlier, Colts have to keep winning because the Titans are right there behind him in that that race for the division. So actually, the Titans are the division winner right now. The Colts uh, don't hold the tiebreaker. I have looked at that. They are, oh, they're fighting okay. for a I wild thought they, card. I thought the, I thought the Titans so, were a game behind them, aren't they? Nope. They're, they're tied record-wise, record and the Titans are the oh, ones. Wow. I, I thought, is, for some reason, I thought the no. Titans were 8-5 and five for some reason. I didn't I didn't. No, because the, the Titans beat the Colts and knocked them back a game, and then last week when the Titans yeah. lost, they tied record-wise. But the Titans, I guess, have the tiebreaker because they've been listed. Yeah. So Hilton is – 73% in Yahoo, only 59% in ESPN. My God, if he's on your waiver wire, go Grab right now. Don't don't wait. It's uh so it's the division record. That's why Tennessee is four and one in the division. Indy is two and two. So that's what the tiebreaker is. So yeah, uh, but you are right on that. So but that probably and, means that Indy won't be able to catch him if they stay tied. Yeah, they'll need they'll but that's what I'm saying. They're they're playing for it though, because they can't they can't slip up as well. They need to hope Tennessee slips up and they keep winning. Uh Hines got eleven points in TY twenty-fives. We were just talking about how good he was. Uh for the Raiders side here, car twenty-three, Josh Jacobs. Man, I can't I don't know if you saw all that stuff with Josh Jacobs, but No. Whatever. Okay, so I'll, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that in a minute. I'm going to finish out this thing and then kind of go on my little diet. Again, I've never been a big fan of Jacobs anyway, so maybe I'm biased here. 10 points for Jacobs. Aguilar, 21. Darren Waller, 14. Uh, you were the one who kind of called this when we did our playoff show that the Raiders last year were in a really good spot and then just faded down the stretch. I think they are done. Uh, I yeah. would. I think Miami is going to hold on. Same with Indy, and I think Baltimore has a better shot. Who technically is sitting ahead of them, even though they're not in the playoffs. But are the Raiders done for the playoff race in 2020? So they're home to the Chargers, home for the Dolphins, which probably ends up becoming a, a deal breaker uh, game. Um, but you know, with the with the Ravens lurking around in there, and, and the Colts and the Browns, you know that's no lock that one of those teams definitely gets in. But that's probably a deal breaker game. Then at the Broncos, I think, I think they are going to miss, and I think they suspect they're going to miss. They fired their defensive coordinator today, which is yeah. never a sign of a team that's on the track to the playoffs. When you have three games left, and you can your defensive coordinator, you have problems that you don't think are easily fixable. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I unfortunately, I was kind of hoping they'd get in. Uh, I am with you. I think that they are they are likely out, which sucks. I mean, again, I'm not gonna lie though. I'd rather see Miami in. Miami just looks like a better team, so I hope Miami does make it in. But I, I'm with you. That game is gonna be huge, and the reason I, I'm not even sure they get in with that is because uh, Baltimore, I think, plays the Jets and the Bengals. I know are two of their remaining three games, so they have a much easier schedule moving forward as well. So with Josh Jacobs. Again, I don't know how many people follow players on Instagram. I really don't, so I don't make it a big deal. But he posted on his Instagram 30 minutes before game time that he was not playing in the game. And he said, I'm going to piss off a lot of my fantasy owners. Gave a little middle finger emoji and said, I'm not playing in today's game. Then he obviously played in the game. So if you pulled them to, say, put in Devontae Booker because you thought Jacobs wasn't playing, you got screwed. Now, granted, Jacobs didn't have a massive day anyways, even if you did pull him out, but I hope fantasy karma comes around and bites him in the ass. I hate yeah. games like that, man. Like, I, I Most don't know people, I think, is- on Sunday mornings, uh, no, I only look at really the active-inactive report. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of interesting, but I wonder why he would have said he wasn't playing unless he thought so- he was being funny. Well, no, so he posted that, and it was, like, during, like, warm-up stuff and everything for the Raiders. So some people surmise that maybe some fans were jumping into his DMs, like we saw the Chris Carson thing that happened earlier this year. If that's the case, I'll cut – I will cut him some slack. We haven't seen or heard anything about that. He hasn't posted anything like Chris Carson did. I just think that's a shitty thing to do. I know that NFL players don't care about fantasy football – I wouldn't either, especially with the way people – I'm sure some people do talk and jump in players' DMs about stuff that they've done. Like, I'd be pissed about it too. But if we're all being honest here, fantasy is a massive part of the NFL industry. And why mm-hmm. you just want to go in there and piss people off, I, I, I don't understand. But that was just well, a kind of – Yeah, twist, I guess it, it made it just it unnecessary. Out, I'd be curious to see if it comes out too that – he had, you know, maybe he didn't look good in warmups, or the trainer said, "I don't think you're ready to go," and and something like that. That feels a little weird. Yeah. All right. So Seahawks uh, get their their practical bye week here, forty two three against the Jets. Uh, Braxton Barrios, seven points. Yeah, Dennis was actually right. He was the highest. I know, scoring. right? Yeah. Congratulations, <laughs> Dennis. Um, I know. If you played Ty Johnson, I'm sorry. I don't think any of us really advocated for him, though. So, well, I like Ty Johnson if Gore was out. Once they declared yeah. Gore active, it's like you know, you know, Frank Gore. You know, Adam Gase must be. He lo- find somebody who loves you as much as Adam Gase loves Frank Gore because Frank it doesn't matter who they they've had as running back. You know. Bell couldn't get past Gore. Well, Michael P. Ryan couldn't get past Gore. He's a Hall of Famer. I, I guess you know. I mean, I do think he's a Hall of Famer, but just wow. No, he is a Hall of Famer, but it just I I was Ty Johnson looked incredible last week when he came in, and the fact that you just you're like, nah, I don't want to try it. On Seattle's side here, Wilson, 22 points, Carson, 18, Metcalf, 18, and Lockett, 10. Four passing touchdowns, and poor old Tyler Lockett couldn't get one of them. Russell, the Christmas card is no longer coming. (laughs) 
I didn't have Tyler Lockett anywhere, I mean, so it didn't matter to me. I don't have any Seattle players really. I have Chris Carson, I think, on one team. gets a touchdown, Tyler Lockett. No? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was, hey, it was good to see Russell bounce back, though. We kind of been worried about him here for the past couple of weeks. Not playing that great. It's good to see, you know, got that get-right game in the Jets defense, and, and, and he had that bounce back. It was nice to see. Yeah, it's going to be – they, they play Washington next week, so um, it'll be interesting to see. It's a tough one. Yeah. with the way that defense has been playing. Packers beat the uh Packers beat the Lions 31 to 24. Rodgers 30 points. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones cost a lot of people their playoffs this week. Nine points. Devontae Adams 24. MVS 20 and Robert Tanyan 14. Is Green Bay the best team in the NFC? I think so. Um I like you know how much I love the Saints. Taysom Hill, you know. Had a stumble yesterday. Drew Brees hasn't been incredible throughout the season. I, I don't know about you, but I have some genuine concern. Even though they're holding them out for a while because they they seem in good playoff position, you don't break yeah. eleven ribs and puncture a lung at forty one and just have it not affect you. Um, yep. So Green Bay, I feel like as long as Rodgers and Adams stay healthy, they can hang with anyone. Yeah, I mean, again, Rodgers is – I would say it's it's fair to say Rodgers is the biggest miss of the fantasy football industry this year. I feel like we all kind of oh, wrote yeah. him off uh, for well, dead. Everything that organization kept telling us was yeah. we're, we're not going to throw. We're not going to let Aaron throw. We're not going to get him and anyone to throw to. Screw you. We want to run 1930s yep. football. And that was like, just kidding, J.K., well, Josh I mean, they are still you the middle they, finger. Yeah, they, they are still running it a lot, but they've moved more toward like that dual backfield with Jamal. And, and again, Jamal's looked better too, so we, you can't even fault him for that. And the difference too, I think, is Tanyan has developed, and yeah. uh, you know he's probably even better than Jimmy Graham was when Graham was kind of going in that offense. And Adams has stayed healthy. Kind of makes you wonder what would their passing offense have been like last year if Ad- Adams missed significant portions. Uh, of the season yeah. last year and, and struggled. He has not had that issue this year, and he he's by far and away the number one right receiver right now. Well, that's what I've I've argued the past couple of years is Adams to me, if he stays healthy, is the number one wide receiver. I'd take him over Hopkins because he just does more than Hopkins does. I love Hopkins, but and that's the biggest thing I think you have in Hopkins' favor. Hopkins, I don't think, has ever even missed a game. I think you could argue he's probably like Joe Thomas and never missed a play because that dude, even when he gets hit, comes back in. I will say, though, I think Green Bay is the best team right now, but the NFC to me feels pretty wide open. I think you could make a case Mm -hmm. for four or five teams in the NFC, even the Rams. You know, the Rams may not impress us the way that the 2018 Rams did on the way to their Super Bowl, but they're arguably a better team. Seattle has moments where they look like an incredible team. The Saints are still the Saints. And Tampa Bay, I don't think you can rule Tampa Bay out once you get into those sudden – death elimination games they have talent on defense they have talent and they have probably the most veteran playoff experience throughout some of the core of their players because you had antonio brown a guy to think about he has a lot of veteran playoff experience he he may be a wild card but he's got he brings some of that to the table yep yeah i might surprise people when i say this but if i had to rank the best teams in the nfc right now i think it'd be green bay rams 
if I'm being honest, that both those deep, my biggest fear with Green Bay is that rush defense. That's it, though. I mean, they've got a really good defense. And the thing is, with Rodgers playing the way that he is, if Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Bobby Tanyan, of all people, can stay healthy, they can score with anybody. So, and, and I trust uh, Rodgers more than any other quarterback in the NFC right now. Let me ask you something. I thought it was it was very interesting. I don't know if you saw the the Packers won the the NFC North yes. yesterday, which I don't think is a surprise. But Rodgers, when they were talking to him, was very kind of introspective, talking about savoring it and trying to savor the journey. Those are not really, you know, not taking it for granted. Those were not really things that we've heard from him in the past. We know they took Jordan Love. Jordan Love, yeah. I, you know, does Aaron? It just to me, there was a very like moment of pause. You know, is is Aaron Rodgers thinking? You know, if I win, do I just leave on top while I'm still it? I don't think so, but it's hard to say no because he's come out and said stuff like that that he'd rather leave being I mean, on top than than going past. Yeah, he's only My, a year younger than Elway was. You know. My my biggest thing with Rodgers is it may have been last year, the year before, where he said he wants to play into his 40s. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen a different Rodgers. Though. Like I've brought it up a bunch of times. Rodgers in the past would have destroyed MVS uh, with that with the fumble that he had in overtime and everything. And, and this was – it happens. People fumble the ball. We'll move on. We'll get to next week. That's not the Rodgers we've seen. And I'm wondering if maybe that is a little bit of – I don't know how to put it in the – it just seemed like the maybe the Rodgers we saw the past few years was the way he was because him and Mike McCarthy were just not getting along, as we've clearly now found out. And maybe it was just a little bit of him being frustrated and tired of being with Mike McCarthy, so you kind of get those talks about, hey, you know, I might not be around much longer and all that stuff. But then, now that everything seems to be going the way that it's going with LaFleur, we're starting to see this more relaxed kind of enjoying the moment because he's even talked about that throughout the year, just like enjoying playing football again. And and that's what I kind of like seeing out of him. I don't know. I hope not because I know Brady's the GOAT. Rodgers, in my opinion, is the best quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. Like everybody wants to talk about what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Rodgers was Mahomes before Mahomes was Mahomes. Like Rodgers was doing the things Mahomes does now before anybody else. So for me, even though Brady has a championships, Rodgers is my goat. He, he's the best I've seen play. Now Patrick's probably going to pass him at some point because of how damn good that kid is. Uh, but for me, Rodgers is the best that I've seen play. So I hope he's not anywhere close to hanging it up, but we'll see. I mean, what do you think? Packers Chiefs Super, oh, Super that'd Bowl be so would good. be a pretty, be uh, good. pretty exciting. Yeah, I mean, they go and they say they go to the Super Bowl and they knock off the Chiefs and he decides to walk away, it wouldn't surprise me. I'd hate it for my Adams shares. God, would I cry. I would legitimately cry. But, so, I mean... So would Adams. Nah. He, would, he would legitimately be spending the spring. Ooh, Austin Hooper is inactive. That is not good because there was a lot of talk that he was actually going to play. So, that just came across the wire. Um, for Detroit here, Stafford 14, Swift 15, Hawkinson 16. Uh, we were kind of worried about what was going to happen with Swift. Comes out there, does actually pretty good, gets you the touchdown. Uh, how are you feeling about him moving forward these next couple weeks? I feel okay. I mean, he didn't get an incredible yeah. workload. Um, 
But we wondered if they were going to use him back in. It did look like they used him back in, but he still managed to get the touchdown. They need explosive players. Doesn't look like, you know, speaking of lost season, doesn't look like Kenny Galladay is coming back. Kenny Galladay is not giving them anything. They seem to, uh, TJ Hawkinson has quietly developed into a really, you know, kind of stud tight end weapon there. Uh, and Swift is what they've got. And I think they're looking at the future. I think if you got him, you got to play him. I feel yeah. like what we saw this week is kind of around a, a floor range for him, probably 10 to 15 points as a floor, and that ceiling could be what we saw from Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Swift now. I do think some of it was them just working him back in concussion, had the illness. They probably didn't want to just throw him out of him. Like, Here you go, kid. Here's 20 carries and 10 catches. So yeah, I think moving forward. Three may team kill you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think I think he'll be fine moving forward. He's a guy, again, same thing with Jonathan Taylor. If you were if you were able to make it into the playoffs with both those guys, um, good luck to you because they're going to be phenomenal. They're probably going to help you win the league. And Hawkinson has been hot. I'll be really interested to see. I've got a nice little series. I have not told you guys about that. I'm planning for the off season. I'm be interested to see where we go with TJ Hawkinson. Cause he's in my opinion, moving himself very close to that top three territory. I have him and Andrews in that work league I talked about. And I elected yeah. to just put Andrews in the lineup. And after I watched Hawkinson's put up those scores, I mean, I could be sitting there, done with like a 52 point lead so yeah. i'm thinking to myself maybe a mistake i think andrews will be all right tonight i don't think he's getting 16 though i don't think he's getting 16 i think he's gonna score tonight though eagles beat the saints 24 221 Taysom hill 18 kamara 22 thomas 16 and sanders 13 uh first kind of stumble here for hill as a starter do you think he can bounce back versus the chiefs i mean it's really just him because mm-hmm. the rest of the team was phenomenal well, defense was yeah, offense was their, their defense uh, let them down a little bit, but offensively they got seemed to get it going in the second half. Um, struggled a lot in the first half. I thought he made some better throws. Uh, his long touchdown to Sanders was a pretty yeah. decent uh, deep ball. Um, he's getting Thomas involved. I think he's getting more confidence. I, you know, the, it, it's going to be a tough game with the Chiefs, but a lot of teams, you know, get into kind of track meet scoring. Um, I've been encouraged. You know, we wondered about Kamara. This is two games in a row where you're seeing him get involved as a pass receiver. Uh, And Hill has kind of restrained himself a little bit running, running wise. I wonder a little bit though, if, if he's so focused on not running that it's taking him out of his game a little bit uh, and maybe needs to be not, not quite as cautious about taking off, but there's going to be bumps and growing pains. It's his first really extended time as a starting quarterback. He's been a gadget yeah. player. I think he's done pretty remarkably well. Chiefs will be a big test uh, and a big test for the Saints because yeah. they went from being in a great position to get that one seed to now they are, by tiebreaker, they're behind Green Bay. And if they lose that Chiefs game, you know you could yeah. end up slipping further back and you have to worry about who's creeping up behind you and like the Rams and the Seahawks who aren't really that far out of it. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be a very interesting test for them. Uh, I'll be. I think the one thing that's going to help them is we've seen this past week and a couple other times good defenses can kind of hold Casey in check a little bit. And I do think if New Orleans can play like they did in the second half, like they've been really playing the past couple weeks, they can keep this game close. And then we'll need to see what Taysom Hill can do. It doesn't look like Breeze is going to be back, so it looks like it's going to be the Hill show at least probably yeah. until well, the playoffs. Fact- 
<clears throat> they came out and said they weren't going to rush Breeze back, and and they shouldn't. Dude's forty-one, yeah. eleven broken ribs, punctured lung. Yeah, they need they where they really need him is the playoffs. If I'm Drew Breeze, I want to get in at least in week seventeen, so that my first game back after extended missing time is not a isn't a playoff, playoff game. game. Yeah, because they have not had the most wonderful luck in, in their first playoff <laughs> games of the season, you know. So. If I'm Breeze, I'm like, I would like a training wheels game. Yeah. On Philly's side here, Hertz was really good. 19 points, and Sanders has the massive game, 29. Uh, Hertz looks solid in this one. They've already come out and said he's starting again mm-hmm. next week. What are you expecting from the Eagles moving forward? I feel like this is Doug Peterson's nightmare because they came out before that game yesterday and said Carson Wentz is not going anywhere. He's still part of their long-term plan. But – this team looked better in the second half against Green Bay, which is probably the best team in the NFC right now, and went and won uh, against New Orleans, which is the second best team in the NFC right now with Jalen Hurts. Um, I I think you for sure keep rolling with him. I figured they were going to start him the rest of the season and get an extended yeah. sample size to see anyway, but nothing that they saw yesterday would have dissuaded him. The Eagles still have a tough schedule because I think we were looking. They're playing a – let me pull it up. They were going to play a potential playoff team again uh, this week. So he's got uh, at the Cardinals uh, and then at the Cowboys versus Washington. The thing is, with the injuries to Alex Smith and the way the Giants have kind of imploded again, the Eagles are not actually out of it. Were they to win the last three games, which all three of those I think we would say is winnable. Cardinals haven't yeah. looked unbeatable. Cowboys are the Cowboys and Washington they could potentially get into the playoffs. So if, if Jalen Hurts comes in and goes 4-0 and gets you to the playoffs, I I mean. I mean, I said it last week. and I, I, honest, I know what Doug Peterson said. I think he's just being nice. You don't want to come out and be like, yeah, we're getting rid of Carson Wentz. I wouldn't be if, – if Hurts wins out and takes him to the playoffs, I think Carson Wentz is gone. I'm not saying it's the right decision. not saying I agree with it. I think that they trade him. And as we saw, because um, we kind of talked about this last, I think last Thursday, and, and how how possible would it be with his contract and everything? It turns out it's a lot easier than both of us thought it was going to be with what uh, Albert Breer and all those people were, were tweeting out. So I think there's a realistic shot Carson Wentz is gone at the end of this year. Now, if Hurts goes out there and falls on his face the next three games, Probably not. The bad thing is, I don't think that's going to happen. He looked good yesterday, well, yesterday not, against a team that I did not think. This game, yeah, I, I did not. We we talked about it. Like none of us thought he was going to be that good against that good of a defense. Now they he didn't look quite as good in the second half, and, and we'll see. You know, the biggest thing we've always talked about is once these teams start getting tape on you, can they start figuring you out? We've not seen anything of Jalen Hurts at the NFL level. We got college tape on him. Completely different when you come to the NFL, but uh, he played really good. Uh, I mean, it, he I almost would debate starting him in, in, in leagues because of what he can do with his legs. It, it reminds me very much of what Carson Wentz did earlier in his career. And then he has suffered all those injuries. We don't see him run as much. Hertz was going through his progressions. If nothing was there, he was taking off and he was getting you those yards. He wasn't just sitting back in the pocket trying to make something happen. Chargers beat the Falcons here 22-17. Matt Ryan, 7 points. Calvin Ridley, 26. Russell Gage, 18. Is Matt Ryan with the Falcons next season? By the way, he's 
played and the fact that they need I you know I would lean toward no but I just pulled up his contract the dead, yeah the dead cap is 49.9 million yep. next year so I I think the smartest thing for Atlanta might be to draft somebody later in the draft and start start moving toward it because I I know they have offensive line problems and Julio has had trouble staying healthy. Hayden Hurst hasn't really panned out. Todd Gurley, not the answer. So they, they have a lot of issues, and their defense sucks. He, you know, he imploded yesterday. It was him consistently throwing the ball away to a Chargers defense that had seemed to master giving up games. That was what cost them that game. I think that's got to be concerning. He's not getting any younger. Um and they just feel stale. Maybe getting a, a different coach will help. I think uh, Raheem Morris, who had developed some energy toward possibly getting that job for the long term, uh, the this recent stretch uh, for Atlanta, plus them getting Tampa Bay twice, I, I don't think that's going to go that well. Uh, kind of might end end that hopes and dreams, but I guess we'll we'll have to see, Matt. They don't look great, and for fantasy, you know, I've had Matt Ryan on a couple of rosters. I I played him, you know, in the playoffs. You wanted to to believe he'd been pretty steady for fantasy. That's even been a real kind of disappointment too. So Atlanta's a rough a rough out. I think Ridley's probably the only one I'm feeling good about right now. It's not yep. clear if Julio's getting out there. It just looks bad. Yeah, if Julio doesn't come back, I might trust playing gauge he does seem to play good with julio and i would honestly wonder i i think julio's going to be done for the year if, if i had to guess uh on the chargers side here herbert 15 eckler 23 and keenan allen 20 chargers get back on track uh i mean they seem like a a, a solid team uh uh what, yeah. what do you what do you think of them moving forward i mean they're they're out of the playoff race this year but maybe i guess the question i think would be for me because we talked about this last week if, say, they win out, is that enough for Anthony Lynn to save his job? Because I kind of feel like a lot of their issues are being blamed on him. I I don't know about him saving his job just because I, I feel like they've blown a lot of games because of bad decisions that they could have a much better record that they played better than that. For fantasy purposes, their their next two games are Raiders and Broncos. So I think you're probably feeling pretty good uh, if you got those pieces in the fantasy playoffs after a stumble the week before. But to me, that that Patriots game where they got laid out forty five to nothing yeah. that probably was the end for me with with Anthony Lynn and they have Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs to end. They're four and nine team yeah. i believe right now so you know five and eleven is probably an optimistic maybe six and ten yeah does that does that get you back do i don't know what the expectations really were in that organization we we talked about them starting a season with with taylor they seemed to be talking about that they were a playoff contender and then they moved quickly to herbert after the the lung puncture heard around the world yeah, Herbert, I think, has played much better than any of us thought was the potential upside for Taylor. Uh, yeah. And they still haven't done a lot. They've had injuries. They seem to chronically have injuries. 
but it's the it's the really bad situational football. Those are head coaching things. And to me, I don't if they keep him, it's because they like him and because they like the culture he's building, not because of what yeah. he's done coaching this team. Oh yeah. I mean, I've said that before. Like it, it sucked because I was going I picked the Chargers in multiple games to win in our pigskin pick them because of Herbert and the way that team was playing. And as I talked about earlier, there was a one point where they were winning. They lost five games in a row being up 16 points in the fourth quarter. You cannot lose games like that in the NFL. You cannot take a 16-point lead into the fourth quarter and blow it. Maybe Anthony Lynn is a little bit Freddie Kitchens-like in that players like him, and you know he's been able to elicit some nice – Stats, although that might have to do, I think Wisenhunt's their offensive coordinator. That might have more to do yeah. with him than than Anthony Lynn. It, the game management is such a such a crucial thing. It's the difference between being a contender and being an afterthought. Yep. Washington beats the 49ers 23 JD McKissick 10 and Logan Thomas 10. Gibson out. Smith gets hurt. Uh, what do you think Washington can do with Haskins and McKissick for at least one week? We know I'm pretty sure Alex Smith will not be back this week. Yeah, and so they're playing Seattle. I think that's a, that's a nightmare um, because I know Seattle's defense has been somewhat vulnerable, but Pete Carroll and Jamal Adams are going to find a way, and Ken Norton Jr. are going to find a way to uh, get to Dwayne Haskins, especially you know, had Haskins gotten to play this whole season and maybe got game reps and got better and learned better situational football, you might feel better about that. But the guy's been on the bench for the better part of 10 or 11 weeks. And now to throw him out there against a loaded for bear playoff team is going to be rough. And you're missing Gibson was a real offensive spark plug. I was sort of disappointed that even after Haskins got into the game yesterday, he couldn't seem to connect with McLaren. Um, their passing game is not really dynamic enough to rely on Logan Thomas alone. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a bummer for all of us to have these pieces for the fantasy playoffs too. I actually had Sophie's choice benched McLaren for Mike Evans yesterday. And it's not like Mike Evans was a world beater, but yeah. it just didn't, it just doesn't look good. And Washington, you know, unfortunately with the fact that they lost both those games to the giants, they have to not, they have to stay ahead of the Giants, and now you got the Eagles coming in the rearview mirror. That NFC East feels pretty wide open to me again. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be an interesting run down the stretch here for them. On San Francisco's side here, just Ayuk, uh, and I'm, he 21 points. Aside from him, I mean, I've been I picked yeah. him as my rookie of the year earlier. Love the kid. I think he's the one moving forward, even when Kittle comes back. There ain't no one else on this team I want to play. No, didn't Samuel get hurt again yesterday? Yes, too? he did. Yep. So. Yeah. And they seem to love Kyle Juszczyk, Jeff Wilson, Tevin Coleman, and Raheem Mostert equally. So that's yeah. working out really well. Yeah. Last game of Sunday, the Sunday night game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills win 26 to 15. Big Ben 13 points, Juju 17, Deontay Johnson 8. Tough game for Johnson here. Uh, looked like he had a little bit of – he's looked like he's had a little bit of the yips the past couple weeks, dropping balls, like got, he got benched. benched. Yeah. He did get benched. He did get benched um, for the – what was it, right early in the second quarter all the way till almost the end of the third when they were behind. It looked like they started to run a bunch of four wide receiver sets, and that's when they decided to bring Deontay back out there. I am not worried about him moving forward for that. It's one of those things where it's just mental. It's it's in his yeah. head right now. You can see it, and 
I, I believe that he can get it fixed. Might have cost you your game this week, which it, it sucks. But I think moving forward, I'm still putting him in my lineup. And also uh, prayers for Cincinnati, who gets this Pittsburgh team next week. Yeah, all pissed off. Yeah, not not going to be fun. For Buffalo's side here, Allen, 18 points, and Stephon Diggs, 29. Uh, Diggs might be the other guy we, we all kind of missed on this year, although I didn't say it was going to be a great landing spot for him. I mean, I think we all thought he'd be wide receiver two. Yeah, we all had him as wide receiver two. A high wide receiver one, which, you know. But I don't – so I'm just going to say I didn't foresee Buffalo fundamentally changing its offensive scheme to be almost their pass first, pass second, pass third right now. Well, I think that speaks more to maybe Singletary's not as good as we hoped he was going to be in the offseason with what we saw in the flashes of him last year. Yeah. You no, I mean, like I said, that drafting Moss. <laughs> we uh, we weren't like we didn't think like Diggs was going to be horrible. I did think it was going to be a great landing spot for him. And what's insane for me, I think, is looking at it, he's putting up wide receiver one numbers without the touchdowns, which is usually what makes you a wide receiver one. He scored what well, the one he's got last night made his fifth touchdown on the year. Like he has not been scoring touchdowns; it's just been the catches in the yards. So. If you were able to get Diggs, who I know some people are drafting as like their late second, early third wide receiver in some redrafts or anything, you're loving life right now. But with a big win there, there's a lot of people talking about Buffalo being the only team that can stop since not Cincinnati, Kansas City. Is Buffalo a Super Bowl contender for you? I think they are. Arguably, I would feel more comfortable about with them than I do about Pittsburgh with where they yeah. are right now. You know. Three or four weeks ago, I wouldn't have said that. I think Kansas City, to me, is a little bit of a different level right now, you know, for the AFC. I feel like they're – but then you have that group of Tennessee, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, even the Colts, who have all looked pretty good, who have won some battle-tested games. I thought last night was huge for Buffalo – They've had a good record. They've had a good season. I think people still weren't taking them that seriously. That was a very important statement signature win. If they can follow that up, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they could sneak up and get the two seed. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I think it's it's good. And we've seen the playoffs are always wide open. You know, no one was was all on Tennessee when the playoffs started last year. You get a team that's hot at the right time that has the right pieces and Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. I feel like they found a very reliable and determined connection. I think Allen has put himself right back there in that MVP discussion again. Um, And honestly, he, you know, with what they've quietly done, and with especially if they can climb up there and get that two seed, I think, I think he has a real chance to get that. I, I agree. I was actually going to say, as my my closing statement on this game, I think he just moved to the MVP front runner. I mean, I feel bad saying that because I kind of feel like we're all overlooking what Mahomes is doing again this year. But I mean. Josh, nobody expected this out of Josh Allen. Maybe it's a little bit of the the Michael Jordan effect with Mahomes. We've already seen it with Mahomes. We kind of need you to impress us or wow us again. And he's still doing Mahomes type things. But I think for me right now, if I had to pick one, I'm I'm going Josh Allen. All right, so that will do it for us today. Obviously, we've got the Browns and the Ravens starting here in a little over an hour. Should hopefully be a really good game tonight. 
Um, hopefully you guys can get the points you guys need. If you're still hanging in the balance uh, for tonight's game to get you into week 15 and closer to that elusive fantasy championship. Me and Matt will be back tomorrow to recap this game. Any other news and notes and possible waiver wire targets as well. Good luck to everybody who are finishing out games tonight, and we will be back again with you guys tomorrow. Go. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly!